I'm proud to welcome you to episode number 100. One, zero, zero. <laughs> this is so crazy to me. I'm so pumped that we have so many amazing listeners just like you that absorb the show every single week for me to be able to get to this point. So, what can you expect on today's show 100? Well, a few months back, I sent out a message to about 50 people in my wider circle, fellow podcasters, regular listeners, and clients, asking, What should I do for episode 100? Because I wanted to firstly give you what you wanted to hear. But also, I wanted to be able to celebrate this milestone of hitting 100 shows that I'm super proud of. And the number one vote that I got back was that people wanted to learn more about me and my story and why I do, well, all of this. (laughs) And so I thought, oh, okay, let's do that then. And I reached out to two lovely friends that I've collaborated with on a number of projects now to interview me. And this was their first time hosting a podcast and they absolutely nailed it. They killed it. Von and Musa, as you will hear, are amazing. And I know you're going to love the questions that they asked. We talked on things like how the podcast came about, why the name, what happened in my personal life and professional life that caused me to look at the world of health so very differently than how I had initially set out, and a little on the future of healthcare, plus a heap of other rants and rambles. (laughs) You know me by now. You know what you're getting. I can't wait to hear what you learn and what the last 100 episodes of the podcast has meant to you and how it has impacted you in your life. And if you love this episode or any of them, please share it with a friend, take a screenshot, put it in your social media stories and give myself and my guests a tag. I truly love seeing those go up, honestly, and I personally see and reply to every single one. So, for the hundredth time, my healthy friends, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up? My healthy friends. Hi, guys. I'm Musa, and unfortunately, I'm a recovering Oteta, and I'm hosting here with Vaughn today. I'm actually on episode 80 with Maddie, um, looking at the foundations of shamanic energy medicine. Hey, I'm Vaughn. I drink Maddie's magic medicine. <laughs> it's his secret weapon inside his program, but we can talk about that a little bit later. I'm a chef and um, nutritional explorer or a nutritional nerd, as uh, Maddie might call me. Um, I run a whole food business using ethically farmed and organic foods to create prepackaged meals for Tasmania's growing population of healthy friends. Maddie and I have since collaborated together with Matty chipping in with nutritional advice and knowledge and with me contributing to uh, with chef knowledge and ways to simplify recipes to his clients with his online program. Beautiful, Vaughn. Beautiful. That's me. That's me. Um, look, I've got to say too that this is an absolute honour, a real treat to uh, talk to Maddie and Vaughn today and especially Maddie on his 100th podcast. Yay! Which is uh, it's a huge achievement. He's really making some waves here in Australia and around the world with his sure work. And um, look, I'm just going to start straight off by introducing Maddie. And um, Maddie is a uh, scientist, a nutritional therapist, an international speaker, health and nutrition coach, and consultant. Maddie has developed a deep and practical understanding of nutritional epigenetics throughout his scientific career and has been able to expand his knowledge working in fields of cancer research and vaccine formulation and is currently a scientist at a major Melbourne hospital in Australia. Not only that, but Matty is an in-demand public speaker, health coach and nutrition consultant for corporate groups, business owners and nine-to-five workers. Beautiful work, Vaughn. Look, Matty's also had a journey began in rural Australia where he's brought up with traditional understanding of medicine and a typically nutrient-poor diet. After he graduated from Deakin University with a degree in forensic science, Matty lived professional strength and conditioning coaches from the Geelong Cats national football team, which was his first exposure to high-end fitness and nutrition. During this time, the relationship between food and personal health became a fascination for Matty. 
one thing that has informed his research and lifestyle choices ever since. As a scientist of biology with a keen interest in nutritional therapies, studying how food and the absence of food affects your cells and genes, Matty's work led him to the core belief that your eating habits and lifestyle choices directly affect your chances of developing serious diseases and that many genetic diseases are actually a result of misinformation and bad habits passed down from generation to generation. It is this fundamental truth which has guided Maddie's work and professional focus. So, guys, wait up, there's more. Um, look, and we're celebrating Maddie's 100th episode today, so we're really going to go in depth with what Maddie does and who he is. So... Um, in his personal time, Matty Self applied the principles he was exploring in the laboratory and the literature and set about expanding his knowledge outside the realm of traditional medicine to understand the principles of traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, naturopathy and functional medicine in relation to personal health. Not only this, but Matty set about researching the social, cultural history and health benefits of fasting, and a core principle of his one-to-one coaching program for high-performing individuals such as mums, dads, CEOs and founders via his coaching programs. Amazing. Maddie's medical knowledge combined with extensive research and self-testing of non-traditional dieting and safe fasting methods have made him an internationally recognised voice in the field of intermittent fasting and nutritional optimization. He is regularly invited to international wellness events, retreats and conferences, a coach, panellist and a speaker. I was going to take a big, deep breath and let's just digest all this information, shall we? <laughs> Love it, Vaughn. As I said before, it's an absolute honour to host this and, um, you know, Maddie's made such a huge impact on people's lives here in Australia and around the world. And I'm just going to ask him a few questions and just and dive, you know, quite deep into uh, Maddie's practices and what he's offering and his some of his beliefs. His journey. I think also we should start with asking Maddie the question about because we're celebrating your hundredth. So let's talk about what motivated you to start how to not get sick and die. Let's talk about the name. Let's talk about where this came from and the motivation behind it. Well, firstly, thanks for that monster intro. <laughs> that usually goes on. Uh, that usually goes on emails and is sent out to event oh. event organisers and stuff like that. But uh, thank you, I appreciate that. It's a. Uh, it's funny, you know, listening to all of that stuff because mm. you know, being on Instagram and social media and things like that, uh, a lot of people just see the information and forget where it came from. And a lot of people are really genuinely shocked to find out that I'm a scientist. They're like, oh, I just thought you were just some guy into health. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, I actually went to university and I did all this study and research and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's funny to, to hear that again. But, um, but where, so the podcast name, How to Not Get Sick yeah. and Die. Well, I guess, where did that come from? So it's, it does what it says on the box, you know, like I wanted to, to give people the tools that I had discovered were freely available to, to do at home, to do anywhere in the world at any time, at any age, to how to not get sick and die. And I guess my exposure to medicine, both growing up and working throughout various different forms of the field um, and different locations and companies and stuff, I've realized that, you know, being able to do things yourself was not a thing that was given to people you know you had to go to a hospital or to a doctor to go and get something which you did not previously have and that's not very empowering if you can't create it yourself you know if you've always got to rely on being uh, you know a victim to something else or being the recipient of something which you can't provide for yourself then it's kind of a flawed system in in my opinion if you're always relying on that the a production of a drug or you know the pharmacy to have the drug to to, to be there for you and, and I just always thought that that didn't really make sense well the more that I learned I didn't think it makes sense it's funny 10 years ago I would have um if you had said we were having this conversation today, I would have called you a crazy idiot because young me was very, or younger me was very, you know, 
science and medicine is the best. You know, I was, I was unaware of the concept of capitalism. I was unaware of the possibility of humans doing things for any other reason than good. I didn't believe that, you know, evil could exist so profoundly in the world. And so I was like, you know, a passionate scientist. I was like, you know, why would medicine and pharma and all those things exist if they weren't the best thing that we've ever had, like, or the best thing that humans can produce. And so, yeah, I guess the podcast name came from being like, there's ways to empower people to improve their health, to improve disease states, to improve their weight. And it's most of it is fundamentally so basic and their print principles that are being practiced in in independent modalities of modalities of medicine that never spoke to one another thousands of years ago mm. that are perpetuated in India and in Egypt in Af- all through Africa you know and, and all these different countries China as well and and I just wanted to be able to provide information to people so they couldn't get t- sick and die and I liked the name because I try not to take things too seriously I like to make things fun and light yeah. um, and so whenever I was said the name to somebody when I was trying to think of the name uh, people laughed. Um, and I was like, that's exactly how we should be appro- approaching getting well. It's not, oh, shit, I've got to go to the gym and, oh, I've got to eat celery. It's so boring. You know, it's all all this negative. If people are laughing about how to not die, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, Maddie. Um, look, we'll cut straight to it then. Why do you do this? Why do you offer the things you do and probably explain a little bit about what you're doing at the moment? Why? That's such a deep question. Mm. Um, Very deep, Matty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the interesting thing is that most people end up on the path that I'm on and many of the listeners will know this because, um, you know, they've followed lots of different health influences and scientists and doctors and stuff like that. But a lot of people end up on this path because the system failed them. Because they had something that they felt intuitively could be fixed. Um, and after years and years of years of going to the doctor, it, it wasn't fixed. They were addicted to medications or totally reliant on medications that actually made their quality of life arguably worse, you know, in, in many cases. And it's actually not the case for me. I've been very fortunate to have great health my whole life um, to the point of being, you know, an, an athlete for most of my youth. And so I actually didn't come to this way or or no way because I still factor in everything but you know this perspective I didn't come to this perspective through way of pain personal pain I came to this um, through just extreme anger uh, at what I discovered um, and be and once I realized and broke down sort of my naive youthful perspective on the world of it being all for good and caring and all just medicine's just trying to help everyone and stuff like this once I broke through that I was just angry at the world like I was like how can the world support such a system which causes so much damage Um, and then sentences like that are really triggering for people as well and I fully acknowledge that because a lot of people that are in health situations that are complex and detailed Mm -hmm. are you know they feel like they've got no other option. And in some cases, they don't. Some cases, you know, it is a really tricky situation to be in. Um, but I would argue that if you're waking up every day and getting out of your bed, you know, or even if you're not getting out of your bed, you can make better decisions about your food. You can make better decisions about, you know, how you get out of bed. You can make better decisions about how your mind works. Like medicine proves time and time again that the placebo which is literally your mind convincing the body that it has the tools. You know, in every study we've ever done, placebo works for a percentage of the people. Um, and so that, that is literally, and, and somebody that I look up to, um, Bruce Lipton, who I was lucky enough to be on a health summit with just recently, um, which is, you know, phenomenal to me to, to imagine that we were even considered in the same event. But, um, you know, he, he developed the, con- the initial concept of epigenetics, which is, and he wrote, went on to write the book, um, Biology of Belief. And, and he's a professor of molecular biology, and I work as a molecular biologist. So, and he was actually, he actually lost tenure at a university decades and decades ago because his ideas were so extreme. Like he was, you know, a professor with tenure in like the late 70s, I believe, and he was presenting these concepts of epigenetics and that, the, you know, the environment dictates the cell, whereas the, 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 the main narrative of Western medicine is genetics, 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 whereas epigenetics is what happens to the cell, right, mm. or what happens to the, the environment or what, and what is in the environment. So 
For instance, like, you know, if you, um, he did these experiments where he had petri dishes with the same cells. They were all exact replicas. And in one, he would put a nutrient. One, he would put a toxin. The cell would move away from the toxin. It would move towards the nutrient. The mm. cells were identical. It was, it was behaving dependent upon its environment. Okay. And, and once you start to realize this, you go, oh, okay, nutrient and toxin. That makes sense. That's a physical thing. And then you sort of go down the chain with every physical experience a human can have. And then you get to emotions and beliefs, which are, for many deemed as this esoteric fluffy stuff but it's just as real as the food you put in your body it's chemicals it's neural pathways they're there in your body and so you know i think the reason that i do this and why i do this is to let people know that there's most of the equation is stuff you have control over like physical control over it's your beliefs your mindset your food the food you put in your body the exercise that you do in every day the relationships you have the way that you manage your stress and yes it's super overwhelming to hear all these things for the first time be like how could i get on top of everything but that's why we're at episode 100 start at step one you know step one and progress forward because you're gonna live those years anyway you might as well do it in the best possible way mm. Oh, beautiful, Maddie. We'll just cross. We'll just cross now to Vaughn. Oh gosh, I'm just taking all that in. I look. Um, I guess what I want to talk about with your podcast is with your content and um, your information, your stories, and your conversations. And I love how you have those. Um, how you inspire and how you um, turn on a light bulb. Have that moment with people. What, what are your What's your feedback about? with um, outcomes of people what do they say to you what comes back to you from with you inspiring people i love hearing feedback about the podcast there's it's good because i think what what i aim to do at least is to simplify it to the point that it's like so obvious like the answer is so obvious or the action is so easy and, and that's kind of like you know being overwhelmed by the idea of succeeding in any in you know in, in business in money and in, in whatever is that if it's overwhelming or if anything's overwhelming you just break it down further and further and further until the first step is not overwhelming and so i try to do that with the podcast and make things so simple yeah. and and logical and sensical that people just are able to be like, oh, okay, I can, I can try that. That's just a tiny deviation from what I normally do. Um, and so, yeah, I, get the, I hear all sorts of stuff. Like I've heard beautifully multiple times, like I've changed people's lives. People have, mm. you know, lost t 10, 20, 30 kilos just from listening yeah. to the podcast. Uh, people have accessed other, other guests that I have on the show are phenomenal. So a lot of the guests I've had on the show have then been connected with people that need yeah. them, need their support and wisdom. And so lots of people connect with, you know, functional mm. medicine uh, practitioners or Chinese medicine, medical doctors or, or health coaches and psychologists because because they realize that, oh, I've been doing all of these different things to sort out my health, but it didn't shift. And then the, a podcast episode might be like, I haven't looked at that yet. Or, or there's, a ver there, there's an area of, of the equation that I didn't even know existed. Mm. So a lot of people, yeah, I get a lot of gratitude from people, which just is totally humbling to hear. And, you know, every week people share the episode. I get emails as well, long emails with people telling me their life story and how they found the podcast and it totally changed their life. And yeah, which is just mind-boggling because yeah. you know like i said at the start i like to make like make things fun and light and so for me going on a rant and somebody recording it is just like my everyday life so to hear that it's so impactful to people is just you know i, I every time i get a message like that i consciously stop and just absorb it because i you know to me I've been healthy. I've been lucky. This this knowledge has just kind of come second nature to me. But for that person, it was extremely profound. And so mm. I really, when I get those messages and I respond to those messages, I ensure that I'm super present and aware that this person's been through a lot of struggle. And I, and the podcast, in some way, or, or some someone I've worked gone on to work with, you know, have improved their life. And so it's the like I said at the start, it's how what it does on the box. So how yeah. to not get sick and die. <laughs> exactly. I love how um, in your podcast the information it, it takes about you have this amazing ability um, to um, simplify science and it takes about 20 seconds to digest. And then what I love is when you listen to one of your podcasts and they're action-based. So you can get go. So, you know, I could feel a certain way in that day and I'll listen to a podcast of yours, either solo Maddie or with an amazing guest, and it can change my way. 
Yeah, and I think that's the key. That's the key with my program as well. A lot of people that do know I'm a scientist, or by the time they're into my program, they definitely know I'm a yeah. scientist, which is often what people like uh, compared to some other health coaches out there that you know have, have a different path, but. Yeah. The interesting thing is I always let people know, especially those people that like rigid structure and, and rigid science, just like I used to, you know, and I still work in the field, so I still love it. Um, I just understand it better. And so mm. those pe- I say to those people, you know, there's not going to be much science in here. This isn't, you know, education. This, you're here to fix your body and your body needs action. And so I'm really focused on action. And, and I think I learned that mainly not, not through health, but through beginning the business journey and going to so many seminars and events and learning how to start my health business. And I went to so many seminars that I was a seminar junkie and I knew all the things. I could, I could probably be a business coach, but I'd never actioned <laughs> them. I'd never gone and done them. So... Mm. Once I realized, you know, and I was, I was definitely stuck in perfectionism beforehand as well and being like the old rigid scientist thinking is, oh, I can't, I, I can't do that until I'm a fully qualified medical doctor or I'm a fully, you know, qualified business expert. I couldn't possibly do these things. And once I realized that I started seeing all the same people at these business seminars and none of them had gone anywhere, I was like, mm. shit. I'm, I'm with these people. I'm in this group. Damn it. So I, I realized it's, it's all about action. doesn't matter how terrible you do at it. If you start a new nutrition plan today and by the end of the day there's pizzas and cookies and whatever, it doesn't matter because the first meal was better than it was, is, you know, was yesterday. Yeah. So step one, it doesn't matter if you fail the first 100 days of your diet. If you get up and start the right way, then that's totally fine. And Action is the most important variable of anything. The podcast, programs, you know, and education's good for the people providing the service, but you, you can fill anyone's brain full of science and most of them will walk mm. away confused and a confused mind doesn't do anything. So you need to simplify it and give them the tools to make change. Yeah, and I love um, one of your sayings, the one tweak a week, which is something you say a lot in your Ultimate Energy Upgrade course. and on your socials and in your podcast, of course. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> all so, of it, across the board. It's so important. It's just a maddie thing. Because we're all so busy, right? Yeah. We're all so busy that like well, trying to change everything on a Monday in September or, you know, is yeah. it's not going to work and you're not adapted or, or familiar with the process. It's going to feel uncomfortable, unsafe. So you've got to change, you know, small enough parts that, that you feel safe in the change but uncomfortable enough that you know mm. that it's different. I think that's where I wanted to sort of, my mind is absolutely racing here because um, there's so many things I want to ask about, especially in the intermittent fasting, Maddie. Um, that's kind of where we mm. met. Um, so I've participated in your your eight-week uh, course in intermittent fasting. I thought I knew everything about it. You know, I've studied ancient cultures and, and their fasting techniques and their wisdom around that. And um, from doing your course, Maddie. Um, you know, I've been in healing modalities for nearly 30 years. So I spent most of my life working with people. Um, nutrition is a bit of part of it. And I thought I'd um, done lots of research. But as soon as I started your course, um, it was beautifully um, executed in simplicity. Mm-hmm. And it really helped me um, start to understand there's a lot of psychology around it. And the one tweak a week was actually probably the thing that helped me out the most. Because through your kindness and your generosity, you were able to execute the, the right information at the right time so you could get straight into fasting um, without all the psychology because we were touching a little bit on emotions before, how emotions really do um, either make it or break it, unfortunately, with these sort of things. So I was absolutely stoked to do your course and just learn how to simplify the whole range mm-hmm. of um, intermittent fasting tools that you present I'm just wondering if you could probably just speak to that a little bit, mate, and just help us um, sort of comprehend what you do with that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you touched on it just there. Like emotions are the most important part. And interestingly, for most humans on earth that I know or have come across, emotions, their own emotions uh, is the thing that they will forever understand the least. And I think that's why it's Mm -hmm. the most important variable because it's not because the equation to weight loss is really complicated and doesn't make sense. Like, you know, we've known how to lose weight. We've known how to fix different health problems for virtually all of human history. 
it comes down to people not understanding their beliefs and their mindset and their psychology and, and the emotions that come up throughout new experiences. Because, you know, on paper, if you read the steps, it's like, oh, anyone could do that. But why don't we, right? It's because we don't understand mm-hmm. how to navigate our emotions. And that can, that can come from childhood trauma. Um, you know, f- very few people had the perfect set of parents that gave us the right amount of trauma and the right amount of emotional coping <laughs> mechanisms to be a perfectly well-adjusted human, right? We either got one or the other. It was either we had, you know, most of us had traumatic experiences growing up which shaped us and, and formed these really severe emotional pathways that we have no idea how to navigate as adults. Um, or we've had the experience where we had such perfect parents that life is just all too overwhelming and complicated and hard because mm. I was never left on my own to figure things out, you know. Mm. So, and, and unfortunately, a, a lot of people fall into one of these two categories, if not both. And, and so, you know, if I can give some tools for people to help make, the, make these, uh, begin making these changes, uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm no psycholo- psychologist at all. I've been on my own emotional healing journey from, you know, complex stuff from childhood and learning, you know, to observe myself and realize that I am the, I am the center of my universe in a bad way. I am all the source of all my problems, but I'm equally the source of all my success. So if I can give mm-hmm. tools for people to traverse that space of going and taking responsibility and breaking it down into little sections of learning Mm -hmm. about themselves. And, and, you know, sometimes that's all people need in the program. They don't actually need any of the other parts. It's the first Mm -hmm. two weeks and they're like, they've learned this skill that you can't unlearn. Once you go through the emotional healing and stuff like that, you can't unlearn Mm -hmm. it. You know this stuff forever. So when you go to pick up chocolate after a stressful day, you can't unlearn the fact that you know I'm stressed and now I'm emotional eating. And Mm -hmm. and men are are a lot lot more difficult to work with because of, you know, the nature of men and emotions. Uh, So a lot of men that I work with, you know, can't even get to that point, you know, Mm. for a long while. It takes a long while for us to even say, okay, I'm stressed. Whereas women Mm. are very much like, I'm tearing my hair out, I can't stop doing it. So, And so it's different points of the same journey that we need to, you know, sort of interrupt that process. But I think the psychology is the most important variable of any health journey. Hey, I just wanted to take a moment to send out my most sincere gratitude for you having been a part of this journey on the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. It's been massive, almost two years now. We've had some truly great guests and I want to thank every single guest that we've had on the show for their time, wisdom and generosity. I also want to thank all of the event organizers that have offered me opportunities as a result of the show. I also want to thank my team behind the scenes who you don't hear about but do a ton of work to make this show happen each week named Jelly and Tristan. And of course, all of you that have become success stories by jumping into my programs and transforming your health. You're all a part of my inner circle of healthy friends. If this show has contributed to the betterment of your life in any way and you want to ensure we are able to make the next 100 episodes viable, worthwhile and free... I would like to ask you to do me a favor that will really help. If you can please consider writing a review, dropping in five stars on the Apple podcast page of this show or whichever app you use, as it really does help the visibility of the podcast to guide other people to find it. And well, it really helps other curious people like yourself prior to tuning into the show to see whether or not this podcast is a good fit for them. So that's really the best way to support our work that we do here on the show. So again, Whilst you're listening to this episode, if you want to support the next 100 episodes, head over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you use, rate us five stars and write a review sharing your thoughts. Again, thank you so much for the first 100 episodes and here's to the next 100. Okay, let's get back into the show. Yeah, and you have these great um, strategies in your program about swap outs as well do you want to talk a little bit about that the old swap outs the old swap out eh? yeah the, root- the swap outs because they <laughs> they were yeah. they were a wonderful healing tool for me um being coming from um, an emotional eater yeah i'm a big fan of the emotional uh yeah. routine swap out is what we call it in the program that um, something like that yeah yeah so the whole concept is that 
I'm really anti-diet culture. And when I say that, uh, what I mean is I'm anti-restriction and deprivation mindset. I think growth and personal development comes from a place of abundance and and sort of endlessness, right? So if we start taking the approach of being restrictive and and depriving oneself, and and remember this is in context to the right person as well. Most of the people I work with need to make some kind of change for their health, you know, to improve. Whereas, you know, athletes are something, a group of athletes might be something totally different. Uh, but what I mean is that the the idea of the routine swap out is that we don't want to ever take away the chocolate or take away the trigger or the yeah. thing that we go to to emotionally soothe ourselves and replace it with nothing because then we end mm-hmm. up at an energetic imbalance. So mm-hmm. when we take something, just like all perfect equations in the nature of biology and life, is for every reaction, there's a reaction. And it's the same with taking something out of your diet or taking a coping mechanism out of your life, which may be, happen to be dietary. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that we, we write a routine swap out list, which is things that are of equal or greater emotional, uh, experience Mm -hmm. or value. So, if you remove the chocolate and we've already done, we would have already done the work to figure out the emotion that it serves, then we create a list and some people call it their mojo list. We create a list of things that we swap out for that emotional coping mechanism that allows people to have the same emotional support utilizing something that's more favorable to the experience they're having. What was your swap out, Musa? Well, I was just going to say, Yvonne and I participated in, I think, the second last course, and the, the swap outs yes. were for me were like I was consuming lots of coffee, lots of dairy. I was a bit bloated and I thought I was doing mm. okay, but as soon as I swapped uh, the dairy out and the coffee, I went on to dandelion tea, just a specific sort of granulated dandelion tea, which makes people... <laughs> Yeah, it's either good or bad. Bond's not a fan. <laughs> just that little simple swap out. Um, psychologically, um, mm. I know we're stressing that we're not psychologists, but there is a little bit to this. Um, I was just drinking it and going, this is actually really good for me. What I'm doing right now took me a lot to, to do that. Yeah. Because I'm doing it now, it tastes okay. Mm. This, is, this is having a, a better effect on me than dairy and coffee. Um, yeah, that was that was a big one for me, and then I just went from there. But there is one thing yeah. I did want to mention um, in amongst this swap out was the bone broth. I think it's a really. <gasps> I was just about to talk about sorry, it. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Fine. <laughs> no, that's okay. We can go back. Well, we're both very excited to interview Maddie, and I think that um, you know, as I said, <laughs> I'm talking oh, first. I'm talking no, first. <laughs> oh, <I agree>. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of like there's so, so many things going through my brain at the moment. Mm. I just think that I, I thought I knew everything. I really did. I was a little bit egotistical at the beginning, but what I found was that those little swap outs just changed my whole concept mm. of fasting, um, how, how to actually break the fast, um, what to do. And then, yeah. you know, that leads me to Maddie asking about the bone broth and why that's such an important aspect um, with, with okay. fasting. Because a lot of your work at the moment is in this fasting avenue, as far as I can observe. Mm. Um, it's just mm. creating lots of interest. Um, for me, you're one of the the, the the top of the ranks right now for that because of the simplicity in the way you're able to bring science into this realm for everybody to learn. So yeah. speak on bone broth, Maddie. <laughs> <a bit> old... <laughs> well, hang on. Let's remember what I said back at the introduction that it was Maddie's magic medicine. So this is what we're talking <laughs> I, about, I okay? Apologize. We're going back to that. <laughs> I do apologize. Yeah, Mad- Maddie's okay. secret weapon. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. 
So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, bone broth is is my secret weapon. It's, is that your secret weapon? Hundred percent. Like it's just so healing, and uh, it's so. In a nutshell, it's full of stem cells, you know, amino acids. It's it's mm. essentially the bones of you know red fleshed animals, mm. just like we are, that are providing supporting nutrients. You know, because we are a living organism, and and that meat came, and that meat and bones came from a living organism. And so, and this is one reason I'm not necessarily on board with long term uh, veganism or vegetarianism is because, in my mind, and based on my study, a an animal. Things that come from animals are far more complex in their nutritional nature than plants. It's not to say plants aren't great. I eat plenty of them every day. I tell Mm. all my clients to eat heaps of them. But what I mean is that things like bone broth really literally get to the core of the animal and take out the stem cells that create every cell and the nutrients that support the creation of every cell inside of a living organism. And so I have people break their fast, obviously, as you both know, with with bone broth because most people have had such um, a Western diet, just as I have had too for many, many years, um, that is full of GMO foods, heavily manufactured and monocropped grains, mm-hmm. you know, he- like all of these different uh, bag a box or a can kind of foods that are really not ideal for our gut or gastrointestinal tract. And and therefore, our gut and gastrointestinal tract is heavily damaged. And I mean, the term that's thrown around a lot on social media is leaky gut, which is intestinal permeability syndrome. And that is, you know, rife. It's absolutely rife um, uh, throughout all the world pretty much because there's so much manufactured food. But the beautiful thing Mm. is that bone broth allows electrolytes, um, high-quality nutrition and stem cells out of the bone marrow. And, you know, we've got stem cells in our own bone marrow in the human body, which is all where all our cells originate from. We allow that to go onto the vulnerable, damaged gut and it performs such a phenomenal healing and recovery Mm. process. And whilst there's very limited research, clinical research around this, as as there is with many nutrients, nutritional topics because obviously Big Pharma doesn't make much of a buck when you go and fix things yourself. Um, <laughs> hashtag rabbit hole. Um, but, <laughs> but, but there's so many phenomenal stories of so many people that I've both worked with, yeah. learnt from, you know, and all of their clients that where bone broth is just a phenomenal gut healer, um, fixes skin issues, fix, you know, and when I say fix, I don't mean that's the only thing. It obviously comes with improving all the other variables of your life um, as well. Yeah. But on, on standalone, it's my go-to foundational uh, healing aid. Mm. And, I, and, and personally um, speaking, me prior, look, I've, I've um, played with bone broth being chef, Many, many years ago, um, using broths and stocks in gravies and sauces for flavouring, not having a clue, this is over 20-odd years ago, the medicinal values to it. And then it, it went through a bit of a fad. So, you know, had a little bit of a go in that. And and getting to your program, um, having that, uh, having you explain the science behind it and the simplified version of it uh, and being consistent with it, uh, you know, I feel from going from a predominantly vegetarian diet that I was on and having the broth, it's kind of revitalised me. Like it's, which is, um, you know, which is amazing for energy and, and something I wasn't expecting when you consistently have it um, every morning. Yeah, a lot and, of people that go from a you go ve- uh, vegan or vego for a while that then yeah. re- return to animal protein, yeah, feel very revitalized. Actually, on my very first ever interview on the podcast, episode ten was with my old personal trainer who was vegan for nine years. She's also mm-hmm. a qualified degree qualified nutritionist, and she had to stop being vegan because it resulted in in health issues. And and so yeah, it's a yeah. it's a common story across the board. Un- unfortunately, I'm all for morals and ethics so totally support that but if we're in the conversation of health i think animal protein is an absolute must yeah absolutely maddie i think that also if you would agree like that's genetics and hereditary aspects too that um 
um, help us become wholly healthy, if that's a word or a, mm-hmm. a, a usage of that word. And um, those factors really do um, have a lot to do with our health. And, um, you know, what did your family eat? What did their ancestors eat? And naturally that's a, a component of our health is what we had, what we ate uh, hereditary-wise. So um, I personally had a great experience with the bone broth and I hadn't really had much of it up until a few months ago. And um, for all those guys out that, that do exercise and training and so forth, you have a, an amazing recovery after a few weeks mm. of bone broth. We're all different, of course, but um, that was a huge plus for me. From going from an hour recovery down to 15 minutes, 20 minutes, um, I thought that was a huge plus. So That's um, awesome. Yeah. And it's cheap skincare. You, you're drinking it. You, <laughs> yeah. hey, Broth is skin, Botox. That's what they say. Botox. <laughs> it, your skin glows, apparently. Well, it's that's, loaded that's, full of collagen and a lot of women um, add collagen to their smoothies yeah. and shakes um, mm. and have collagen creams and stuff like that. And bone broth is absolutely loaded with multiple types of natural and, and you know occurring from animal protein and obviously we are animal protein mm. as well. So it's the best form of collagen that you can put into your body and I mean, anything. Supplements are amazing, but if you can put the real thing in, it's even better. Yeah, and just being consistent, and 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 in your program too. I, I love how it's not a no to coffee. Um, it's a, an explanation around coffee, but just just moving when you eat things, which I really um, liked how you delivered that as well. Yeah, I find a lot of people when they um, pay for a service, and I'm the same. Um, you know, when you pay for a service, you sort of you look to that person as a, as as a person of you know sort of superior. They're they're the guide. They're the they're the wisdom keeper, so to speak. Like Maddie Musa over here is. But what what I've found is that in that authoritative position, if you give people permission to do what they thought they couldn't, like you know. We all want to push back against authority. It's just like a natural thing to test the boundaries, right? So mm-hmm. a sec- as soon as I give permission to t- say, yeah, coffee's fine or mm-hmm. Alan's lollies are fine mm-hmm. or all of a sudden okay. the desire to go and have those things disappears yeah. because we're no yeah. longer pushing a boundary. Yeah, not resisting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, those mm-hmm. boundaries which are keeping us safe in our physical body. And I think that what I wanted to touch on too, Maddie, was like one of the biggest questions I've got probably for you is that do you think people have lost the connection with their body and what's good for their body and, and being able to recognise what is something that's going to bring them back into health or um, where's their alignment now? You know, with the status quo at the moment, things are a little bit confusing out there. For people, so I just wanted to touch on that because your understanding and comprehension of health, mate, is really broad and and it's beautifully put together. So, yeah, if you could just touch on that, Matt, that'd be sensational. <laughs> so, well, I think the first thing is that the Western culture, which is now obviously, and I use the word Western culture all the time, but it's pretty much the whole world now. Yeah, you know, yeah. most of the world, we're just so up in our heads, and we're so we've intellectualized everything to the point mm-hmm. that I actually have started referring to science as scientism. You know, we've got this pseudo religion called scientism that exists in the world, which is totally outsourcing responsibility. So it, it eliminates the possibility for personal investigation, which means that we always have to go to somebody else to be told how to exist. And whilst education and knowledge from somebody that's gone and learnt it is totally important, they can't tell you what's happening inside your body. You can run all the tests, but you know it doesn't. It doesn't give you the information of that person's history, that person's mm. relationship status, that person's self belief. You know, all of these things play into mm. how literally how somebody stands, how somebody holds themselves, and how they hold themselves relates to then how hormones are released in the body. You know, it's such a cascade mm. of things, and I think that people are so out of tune with their own bodies because the mm. culture we live in and society we live in is outsourced everything mm. to take the pressure off me we've, we, we, we're scared of struggle and we're scared of pain and, mm. and so we outsource it as much as possible and depending which way you want to look at it society's arguably set up that way so that you hand over power you hand over your personal power your personal freedom to somebody else and when you and when you don't have it you can't really do anything with it other than feel miserable, right? And so I mm. think what we need to do is to really start shifting people to 
be back inside their own body rather than outside looking for answers. The answers are out there, you know, and the podcast and myself Mm. is potentially one part of that long complex journey, but you shouldn't be sitting around waiting for somebody to be like, go over there. Now do this. Now do that. You you know, that person needs to ask you, what is your experience? How do you feel? And give you the skills because our culture, Western culture has lost the skills Mm. to go inside. Like meditation has been a bit of a thing now, you know, for the last probably five to 10 years and, and, and was arguably began as a fad, but now it's really starting to become a normal part of conversation with people, at least here in Australia, because people are starting to realize there's you know vast amount of utility in being able to go inside oneself, analyze your body, how your muscles feel, how your energy feels, you know, all of these types of things play into that. And I think that, yeah, the intellectual uh, intellectualism of the Western world has meant that we outsource every possible thing that we can to a doctor, to a chocolate bar, to a drug addiction, to toxic relationships, you know, whatever it might be, instead of uh, being taught by our parents or by our community how to go inside and, you know, heal emotionally or not even just heal but investigate, just investigate Mm -hmm. what's going on. How do I feel? Am I meant to feel this way? Asking questions, you know, critical questions to come to a conclusion which would be useful. So I think, yeah, that's my answer. Intellectualism is the problem and learning to self-investigate and analyze mm. is is the way out yeah if i may just tap in there maddie um so looking at all like allopath, allopathic medicine to me isn't how you deal with um all-round health for someone maybe just touch on areas of uh, integrated health medicine um and different traditional ways of integrating health into a, into a person. Um, and I think we were talking about on the episode that we did together uh, about symptomology um, and not causal factors and, you know, how how people have lost their connection with their, their biological systems mm. and their body um, and not having the ability to find out um, all these other therapies and, and different streams of medicine that, can, uh, that are so old older you know older than western western civilization in effect um how can we utilize those and what's your experience around that like what um what comes up for you when i talk say alternative medicine or things like that well the first thing there's two things that come up and one is that was the initial epiphany working in a cancer hospital um that i had was that oh, hang on, we don't deal with causation, we just deal with managing symptoms. And that was the first thing. Before I looked into nutrition or thought nutrition was useful or any of that stuff, I just had this weird thing just be like, oh, why don't we do that? That's strange. Um, and the other thing that pops up is um, is Emily. So you both know of Emily and I've both talked to Emily as well. So Emily is one of the most important humans in my life and and she uh, essentially exposed me to a lot of this stuff um, because she has and she's got her own Instagram page um, as well which around this stuff and I'll put it in the show notes below but um, so she has endometriosis chronic she's had surgery seven mm. times which for most endometriosis sufferers is a shock because that's a lot mm. um, and, and adenomyosis as well and I watched her for eight years you know uh, and, and well before I ever knew her uh, go to doctors, you know, be given all this pharmaceuticals and nothing happened. It was just, the hospital was just a revolving door. And that's what I realized about cancer patients as well is that, you know, cancer is just kind of, the diagnosis is given to you and then you Mm -hmm. just accept it and you just keep coming back for your Mm -hmm. medicine. There's no, what caused it and how do we fix that? And it was the same with Emily's journey. And so she really exposed me to her, you know, to all of this stuff going through her own journey because she had one of her best stints when she went vegan for two years, right? And she had one of her best stints when she started doing colonics and then she had one of her best mm. stints and her longest period between, um, you know, not having surgeries when she was, you know, seeing a Chinese medicine doctor. And so she was actually the one, um, and on Instagram, she's the endo nurse. So she actually coincidentally also works in endometrial research as a clinical nurse specialist. So she's similar to me in that we both have this Western education, but have traversed the gap to the other side and we're able to sort of pick and choose, uh, you know, the bits and pieces that work. But yeah, once you realize that Chinese medicine, um, you know, and all of these other medicines that massively outdate western medicine and western medicine is only about 150 years old at the maximum um you know a lot of these medicine uh, medical modalities are 
you know, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 years old. Uh, and, and those cultures are still here today. So obviously they were doing something right, you know. Um, and so you, you have to look at causation because if you're looking at symptomology, as you mentioned, mm. then all you're doing is finding and, and, and you can look at symptomology outside Western medicine too. There's plenty of dietitians and nutritionists that were educated by the system that follow the same naive narrative. Don't, don't get me wrong. Mm. Like um, you, you really have to go on your own journey to understand this outside of conventional education. Um, but you have to look at causative factors because if you're not going to change the causation or, or at least investigate the causation because as is the case with many people that are committed to finding the cause, it can be a really long journey. It can be a 10, 20, 30 year journey. But if you're not committed to that, you are committed to getting worse, sicker and nearly dying, to being fat, sick and nearly dead. So you have to be on the journey to discovery. Otherwise, your life's never going to get better and you're just going to be a victim to the system. So, you know, Chinese medicine offers a lot. Ayurveda offers a lot. Mm. Babylonian medicine offers a lot. Uh, Aboriginal medicine in Australia offers a lot. And these, I'm not saying either that those modalities are exclusively the answer, Western medicine is super useful to get people back on, you know, the control back into people's hands in some cases. But don't look at Western medicine or drugs as this is it for me. Once you've got that attitude, game's over. Mm. Absolutely, Maddie. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. What's Emily's recovery like now going down the self-discovery and healing herself? Where is she at? Yeah, well, she like I said, she has something that's totally incurable um, and yeah. she's very much on the path to learning more all the time from a clinical medical perspective but mm. also, um, you know, in, in all of the other different modalities and deep into s spiritual stuff and psychology mm. and childhood trauma. And, and it's the same with many people that suffer diseases that they hold things that they're totally unaware of. You know, it takes a, it takes a lot of self-investigation to find the answer. Um, and, of course, there's always going to be this tiny, tiny group of people which really do just have shit luck. But unfortunately, Western medicine lumps too many people into that category as having shit luck. And genetics and nature and biology, it really doesn't make many mistakes. It truly doesn't. Uh, what The mm. mistakes that come out of it are usually the human intervention. Mm. Awesome, Maddie. Awesome. I like that. What about your, your mum, Matty, with um, non-conventional medicine? I think you got a little <laughs> taste from Marie growing up. Do you want to yeah, absolutely. talk about that? Of, yeah, um, so mum, mum's a nurse um, and she is like a Western medical nurse and so I grew up with mum going to the hospital and, and doing different things and, and so I, I often refer to that as my indoctrination into Western medicine but it wasn't until I was about 25 that I looked back and realized, oh, actually, when I had that weird skin rash at about 12, mum took us to a chiropractor who put yeah. us on a wheat-free, sugar-free you know, diet and, and dairy-free diet. And guess what I do with people now? I do exactly that, <laughs> you know. And then I look back and think, oh, mum and dad have gone to see chiropractors my whole life. Like, that's interesting, uh, you know, and, and, and various different practitioners. And I realized as much as I looked at my mum as the nurse, that the way that she treated us, and I was actually born with an all-over body severe eczema rash and all the pharmaceutical creams and steroid creams didn't work at all. The, the thing that worked was aromatherapy. Therapy. Like mum had coincidentally in the late 80s mm. done a uh, aromatherapy course and I was born, had these skin issues, steroid creams weren't working at all and yeah, mum thought I'll give this a go and that worked and I've never really had it since. So, you know, so interesting that my mum, yeah, had essentially is walking the shoes I'm walking right now. I've become my mother is that I, I work in the mm. system. I work in the system and then <laughs> treat myself in a totally different way. Mm. But I'm obviously very much on the journey to being out of that system because mm. it very, it very much misaligns with my values on health. It's, lo it's lovely how you've had these two wonderful women in your life that have motivated you to Absolutely. be this person. That's, Absolutely. Um, they are yeah. both very wonderful women and I'm very, very grateful for everything they've done to get me here, particularly Emily. She's mm. been a huge part of my journey, you know, as an adult uh, and my healing and, and she, she opened my eyes to so many things to, you know, that, that it totally informed the work that I do and the podcast content and stuff like that. So, yeah, she's an amazing human. She's told you to cook, Maddie. Oh, yes. Is that right? <laughs> yes, I know all about healthy food because of her. <laughs> well, it wasn't, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's so good. 
So uh, p- part of that too, Maddie, I guess you could encompass from your mum and from Em and that from their energy, it's helped you look yeah. at integrating everything that you've learned and everything that you've um, spent so many so many hours just, you know, you, you have an ability to soak up so much wisdom, Maddie. It's incredible. And I've, I've always loved chatting to you on our random chats and just hearing um, your perspectives on mm. things like integrated medicine and how to integrate, you know, your aromatherapies and um, your allopathic medicine and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, what's the way forward for that, do you reckon, Matt? Um, and what's your perspective on that? Do you think it's all going to be integrated and this is the way forward for health in general? I think that so naive me would love to think that thanks to Instagram and the internet, we're all going to just be able to have our own regenerative farms at home and, you know, cure ourselves of all the problems. And and unfortunately, I think the capitalist world doesn't work that way and mm-hmm. doesn't allow that thing to be ha- to happen. And, and I've got a few examples that I think are pertinent for this, i.e. heroin's illegal. Why is heroin illegal? Because you make codeine and morphine from heroin, um, right? And the hospital uses that as its number one painkiller. So marijuana's been illegal for a very long time, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it not illegal in a lot of places now? Because now they have big, big farms that are corporate and corporate funded Mm. by corporate organization and government. And now the government can take a bit off the top, right? So I think we will see all of these things come into practice, but they will be put in the hands of the money makers and it will be forced to be prescribed in in a medical setting so that, you know, health coaches and nutritionists and all these other holistic healers are unable to access them because that's what they've done with everything in the past. Mm. And and I think the biggest predictor of the future is the past. So I think that over time, all of these things will move across to being a part of the medical model, but it will be still in the interest of, um, you know, signing people up to long-term user, uh, you know, instead of behavior change, it'll be like, just use this, it'll fix it. And our pharmaceutical version's better. It's a chemically altered patented version of what's in nature. Technology's better than nature. You know, this brilliant marketing campaign will come with it, um, as, as already does, as already does with different things. I had a friend in a ketogenic research lab that uh, published some great results and they got a call from a pharmaceutical company and said, do you want to be, can we use your data and you guys can be a part of our creation of a ketogenic pill? And fortunately, um, they said no. They said the whole point is that you can do it by choice from your diet, you know? And so that's evidence of that kind of thing happening already. So, you know, I'd, I really do wish that all of these modalities were able to stay out there free for people to get educated in. And when I say free, you know, like obviously essential oils cost money and nutrition costs money and stuff, but not limited or funneled by a particular system forcing their narrative upon the user. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, there's there's much value to having difference of opinion. There's much value to having difference of, of experience and belief. And I think that ha- everyone being forced to, to operate in a single fashion is is not a good idea for humanity. Growth comes from difference and, and difference of opinion and challenge and resilience is built from that. And so I think that having all these options out there is great and we should capitalize on them while we, whilst we do have them uh, available to us. But I, I fear, I fear and I hope I'm wrong, but that they will all eventually be picked up by either being small practitioners being sued out of the game that they can't afford to play or regulation mm. just overthrowing everyone. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess too, Maddie. You know, listening to your podcast for me and Vaughn would would agree. I reckon is that you've got such a huge variety, a cross section of health yeah. practitioners, people, um, you know, expressing what they do, and you know, through your podcast, which is pretty unique in that respect around the world, mm. is you're delivering such a cross section of of different ways about going about some some of the things that we listen to are hilarious you know like i love the pillow the pillow gentleman who creates a beautiful pillow <laughs> richard all jacobs that, yep i know the yeah, episode all that stuff just contributes to to all-round health and um that's what i'm yeah. sort of pointing to your, your podcast um i'm yes i am a little biased but it's, <laughs> it, 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 we're sort of listening to all these different ways you can come about health and i think that's that's going in the right direction and it's, and it's really good to listen to um and you know you've had some amazing guests and you know 
we're celebrating a hundred podcasts today. So there's gonna yeah. be a hundred more. <laughs> so good. I, I think those guests are, are a reflection of you, Maddie. Oh, of thank course you. they have to align with your your ethos, but they you know, they're, they're really empowering. I, I love the solo uh, Maddie podcast. Super. You can hold it your own, but I know you love variety. Um, I love variety for the same reason, uh, you know, that I, what I was just talking about with difference is that something yeah. different works for, works for everyone, you know, because we've all got, I, and I often explain cancer like this. It's like people say, why isn't there a cure for cancer? And that's another conversation for another day. But to explain it in a, in a Western <laughs> context is that, you know, there's 10,000 proteins in a cell at any one time and it could be any one of those proteins that's the problem. And it's the same with anybody's health journey is that why isn't the medicine working or, or even why isn't the chiropractic working or why isn't my diet change working? Because it could be energy medicine that you need. It could be uh, nutrition, different type of nutrition you need. It could be acupuncture you need you know and i'm aware that different you know different things fix different problems and different experiences and perspectives and so i think it's my obligation as a podcast you know host to provide the gamut of holistic health if i preach it then i should provide it right so yeah i love love you look at old things in new ways it's um empowering thank you i'm glad (laughs) well I action it out and I uh, may listen to podcasts maybe a couple of times, but it's, it's a one-stop shop. So you're right, it's a mind, body and um, soul podcast. Um, you can select anything on any given day to how you feel or and it can change your way from get-go. Absolutely. That's, and that's, so that's, that's the amazing. goal. That's the goal. And, that's your and 100 outcome. episodes was my goal in the beginning. In my notes when I started, I, all the beginning episodes were 001, 002 yeah. as an accountability thing. So I'm pretty yeah. yeah, pretty grateful to people just like you, Von, and Musa, like for being such avid listeners to the show and sharing mm, it on social media it. and with different people and to all the listeners that are listening in, like a massive, massive thank you for being a part of the journey because literally if you weren't listening, this wouldn't be happening. So <laughs> I'm very, I just sit in a place of total gratitude. Just one other question, though. Yes. Because you're just, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're so high functioning and just love, <laughs> love giving. I want to know, we know, but I want you to tell your listeners, how does Maddie get off the life treadmill and deactivate his nervous system? <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, this is my point of weakness. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's not because you've done, uh, you did an amazing thing recently with breath work. And that's how you would be deactivating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the big things is getting off screens is is the most important thing for me to deactivate. But but if I didn't do the emotional trauma work throughout most of my 20s that Emily introduced me to, um, very painfully introduced me to, but it was necessary. If I didn't do that work, I wouldn't be able to switch off because switching off meant sitting with a whole heap of trauma that I didn't you know, know how to deal with or what it was or where it came from. So I think I'm getting better at it because I'm getting older, I'm maturing, I'm healing, I'm doing different things. But how do I do it? Is I switch off everything. I put my blue blocking glasses on, which are like these deep orange glasses, which really lower the sensory input, turn, you know, everything off that's digital. Um, do I read a book, which is, I don't do enough. I need to do that more. But, um, yeah, breath work is the big thing that I really connect with is, um, cause it's, yeah, it's, it's just very, it's a very act proactive thing to do whilst sort of calming your nervous system. And, and the little competitor in me, likes that I can push myself a little bit further each time as well. So, <laughs> but yeah, breath work. I really, really am a big fan of breath work. Love it. Uh, what do you reckon, Vaughn? Do we swing to this last question that, um, you know, I found really interesting. You, I think it's probably a good way to go. Um, you know, what's one piece of information, Maddie, you could give to people? <laughs> um, and, and something you want them to know, basically. I've, I was wondering if you can ask this question. I've been pondering it a lot because obviously I ask every single guest. And, and I took it off Juan's lips. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, Mine. well, I just, um, there's so many things to say. That's the thing with having such a holistic podcast and learning from so many people and there's so many things to say. So each day before we, we planned to do this, I woke up and thought, that's the thing I'm going to say. And I was like, that's the thing I'm going to say. But the thing that I woke up, and it's kind of in theme coincidentally with the topic of today, but the thing I wanted to say is that I want more people to know about is that Western medicine is sick care. And it's not a criticism of of Western medicine, but it's the nature of how the beast sort of functions, right? But when you go to the doctor, they're looking for things that are wrong. 
and they're never look never looking for things that are could be bettered, could be improved, and dare I say it, could be optimized. You know, mm. so that you never need to sit in front of a doctor if you're not suffering symptoms. But does that mean you are healthy by default because you're not sick by their definition? No, not having a symptom does not qualify you as a healthy person. You're just not sick yet. So well, you're not sick to the point of needing treatment that they can provide. So I like to frame this kind of thing in the context of thinking about a car. So if you compare the car in your driveway at home with a race car, you take your car to the mechanic when it breaks down or when Mm. it's sick, right? But a race car is in the garage most of the time because the engineers are endlessly looking for ways to make it better, faster and more efficient, right? So... The one piece of information I really want to share with people that are listening and, and you know, really follows the whole 100 episodes is, is kind of the underlying thing is that, you know, stop waiting to get sick, you know. The, the power for change is in your hands and, and, and stop, waiting to get being, stop waiting to be stuck in a system that perpetuates a helpless and dependent approach to trying not to be sick anymore. Decide to get well and improve the status of your body at any age, any shape and start today. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. What's one of your sayings? The essence of wellness is your responsibility. 100% it is. That's what you say. But I love how you guide people with your compassion so that that's your amazing strength there ruthless Absolutely. compassion ruthless <laughs> and, and uh, the brilliant way you are online maddie you, you yeah. really do invite happiness and you know, really good energy with people and that's one of the you know the big things that you deliver and you know the i energy. know and others always think that about you maddie and um yeah you know, your wish to to see people happier healthier and more vitality in the world mm. yeah yeah good it. job amazing Love your work, Maddie. <laughs> you <Yeah>. are welcome. <laughs> we think you're amazing. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for doing this, by the way. Thanks for doing this role reversal thing. It's been cool. <laughs> you still took the platform, which was exactly what you needed to do. You're just a natural in that spotlight. No, yeah, you're both amazing. No. I'm gra- grateful for your time and energy. Well, no, it's really, yeah. an honour. It's an absolute honour, and I know I probably speak for Vaughn as well. But yeah, yeah, absolute honour. And I think this three three way conversations worked out quite well to exemplify what you do, Maddie. And, and thank you, your podcast. Yeah. So, well, you know, sort of celebrate. You have a great impact. You've got a lot of work to do, my friend. Totally. You've had an impact on our life. So, <laughs> and I, you know, I always talk about. I want people in my life that I know and love to do your work, you're, you're absolutely inspiring. So yeah, yeah. thank oh, well, you. I just get up and do me every day. So I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> wow, people like it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for your energy and time. I'm very grateful. I can't wait to share this episode with everyone. It's such, such a, it's such a <laughs> different experience to what I'm used to. <laughs> you are very awesome. welcome. All right. Well, I guess we'll catch everybody. On episode 101. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yay. All right, we'll catch catch you all later. Thanks, Thanks Maddie. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.